0: Welcome to Lovely Chaos. I see
1: slabacus pusk.
0: Uh, you fix the camera, old man? Unfortunately, Jason isn't able to join us tonight. So once again, we have to postpone the game system to... I'm just kidding. Jason, welcome back. Uh, no, I was just giving him shit because, his, just got because he finally game. reversed his fucking camera. <laughs> that night,
1: try to get in the habit of setting my monitor correctly so it doesn't look like I'm like talking down to my shoes, but it's not... Because There's a monitor over here. There's one, you know what? Here.
0: That's kind of assumed that somebody always is looking not in their camera because I want
1: to look at you. I get but it. The camera's
0: like up here, so I get it. It's but you're weird, but
1: your reversed type t shirt bugs yeah. me more
0: than you looking over here. Oh, well,
1: in that case, let me put that back because now that oh I know God, it bugs you that here bad. We go. It needs-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, episode 23, Lawfully Chaotic. We are I going know. to actually talk about. Game systems tonight. The long awaited Um,
2: title. It is now being discussed.
0: Yes. Um, Well, we did not want to discuss that without you, Jason, because I know you have a ton, no joke, uh, a ton to contribute to this conversation. So we mostly devil's advocacy
1: because I find you two are so pleasant and well deserving (laughs) of everybody's passion. I'm just the cantankerous old gamer. Who pretends to love everything, and then I Karen and Kevin it all night long. Let's
0: just be honest. It's you know fun. what? Uh, if there was no conflict, <laughs> no, it were, why it wouldn't be a fun show, right? We wouldn't be we,
2: chaotic. Ex- oh. Exactly. Boom. Ah.
0: See. Sharon, you just—you get it. She's you so much better. At this. Just come on the she show. She's so much so
1: better it. at this than we are. <laughs> oh
0: no, awesome. no, shit! She's so much more. She's just a pleasant person compared to two old farts. Yes, did. indeed. Uh, announcements. I don't have any. Um, take it away, anybody. <laughs> announcements. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, more, of the, more of the same. It's a little hard
1: to do announcements because we're taking a break this weekend. Um, okay. We're enjoying um, the 4th of July. So we're going to be taking a three oh, that's day break. Right. We're, we're, we're not running any games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Everybody is being encouraged to take the three day break. Let's, you know, barbecue, pool, swim.
0: Absolutely. And considering
1: a- the interesting two years we have, I think a little, you know, we've had a significant uptick in COVID out in California.
0: Yep. And I've yeah, noticed- same here. But you yeah. know what, uh, to be honest, uh, so I, my son, fi- <laughs> my son finally got it. He got his COVID badge uh, last week. And yeah. had I not had the wherewithal to test him one morning because he was coughing a little bit more than his normal allergies. Right. We would have never even known he had four hours of, of mild symptoms. I mean, knock on wood. Right. Uh, and the rest of the week that he was home doing nothing, bored off his ass. Uh, he was completely fine. So, um, yeah, yeah maybe it, it, we're at the point where it's just a uh, seasonal bullshit that we're going to have to deal with. Hopefully. I, I, Yeah,
1: yeah, and I know one of the things it's affecting is the ability for
0: people to get together and play games, so the online community is still available for that. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, Um, but I did want to say that, uh, yes, I just want to reiterate your sentiment happy 4th of July, safe 4th of July while we celebrate. America and going back to the, Salem, to the Salem Witch Fuck Trials yeah. of the late 17th century.
2: Yeah, don't blow up any of your fingers, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: hopefully soon what we will do you be. Mean? I'm we, fine. Hopefully soon we will be back to com- a complete uh, Puritan um, society, and we can stop <laughs> worrying about all of this equality and BS. Oh God! You know what? Heavy sarcasm. Yeah, if that isn't was it by for the well, world
2: to be on fire at this point. <laughs>
1: well, what's interesting is you know, me and Brian have been talking about a podcast about just topics of life, and I think yeah. we're going to kick that off during the
0: summer. Um Uh I have, I have the, I got the URL. I've been sitting on it for two years, and I think now's the time. So yeah, I'm, and we'll just we'll we'll leave it at that for this show because yeah
1: we're we're going to do that for the sake of i think sometimes you just need to get things Vend. kind of like vented out and organized yeah. in your own mind yes. and organized from a perspective of conversation yeah um i have i have no opinions about the way the world's changing right now because it's not a unique situation it's done it dozens of times before and the yeah. real question is what is the next generation going to do with it as they move forward to the next and the next and the next? I mean, the reality is we are of generation, we've studied our history, we live in a certain period of time, and then what is that roadmap going to look f- You know, for those that take up the mantle and continue forward? I will say this much. The only generation that has not done a very good job of that is both the baby boomer generation and the X Geners, because we were so conflicted, we were such a conflicted generation with each other. Mm-hmm. It never occurred to us to look forward.
0: Well, not only that, but I think that is where we became so apathetic and yeah, self-centered agreed. and greedy. So, yeah, um, there we go. I, I guess we're starting Important. this other podcast because <laughs> yeah, we have a our first teaser. show. <laughs> by
1: so, by the way, Sharon, would... Sharon, I have a lot of hope for you and your friends. <laughs> yeah, lots of hope. Hopefully, yeah.
0: <laughs> but we're going to quash this conversation now because yes, uh, "lawfully chaotic up. which is a owned subsidiary I did so of much RPG- reading I did so much reading I did so going. much reading. <laughs> well, whole, table it because Lawfully Chaotic is owned by RPG and Company, which is owned by a multinational conglomerate with lot and and I just we can't get into that because of the whole brand thing and
2: we signed an NDA before we started that, the show yeah. too, so we gotta
0: we're beholden to stakeholders and shareholders. And I have to uh, sign an NDA every day called No Damassery. So yeah. <laughs> But I was a lot finish. of holders. We have a lot of holders.
1: So I had a little downtime with my allergies. You know, so I was doing a little extra reading. I am slightly hooked on this blades in the dark.
0: Ooh. I've been. Yes. Saying... So let's jump into our topic. Yeah. Blades in the dark. Uh, so Sharon, you...
1: lead us in. Talk yeah, to lead, us about lead us in Yeah, Talk to usual... us about your research and yeah. why we went with this topic. All
2: right, so we're going to talk about different types of game systems, whether it's tabletop, uh, campaign long, or just like a one-shot, or even games that just deal with only one dice. So today we're going to be deep diving into some different um, genres into the tabletop uh, world. So to kick us off, we are going to be starting off with some action fantasy games And Jason uh, hinted out to uh, a system called Blades in the Dark, which takes place in a 19th century Victorian London. And it takes place when, uh, well, Jason, what have you read about it so far?
0: Um... I'm not going to have much to contribute to this particular game because I am a little bit ashamed to admit I have never heard of this same system before.
2: So. Same here. Everyone's learning something new today. <laughs> and there
0: you go, governor. Um, I've Spirit been shilling. very... I've always been a Cthulhu
1: fan. Mm-hmm. Um, And part of the game system of Cthulhu that I've always enjoyed um, was the madness system. And I know that can be a very kind of like... Um, difficult thing to implement because a lot of people will play games for the purposes of fantasy, relaxing, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So when you start dabbling in things like madness systems and stress, you know, <laughs> yeah, things that might actually introduce stress into a game—that's a very good way of putting it. Jared. Have you guys
0: have speaking of, have you got? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to—I don't want to derail, but no, have no. you guys played um, uh, the board game Cthulhu: Death May Die by Simon Games. No. no, not the board game. No. Okay, I we're never gonna even jump did. back. That was the thing. We're gonna jump back to that after this. Yeah.
1: So the thing that I liked about Blades in the Dark, their mechanics are incredibly simple,
0: mm-hmm.
1: very simple. But once again, I find any system that gives all the narrative back to the player to be good systems. Like they yeah. they, they 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 make sense. Um, if you have Pathfinder-level mechanics, d d level mechanics. Then you have Cortex, right? Um, the thing that I love about these kind of independent systems, and by the way, Evil Hat Productions, great company. They put out a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I just like the fact that they're not actually Cthulhu, but it's that dark, noir feeling
2: yeah the it's char- very pretty
1: yeah and the characters matter more than the the gm GM, yeah. i mean this thing comes really close to a system that could run itself and you might be able to just play the game as characters um the fact that you can play these dark nuanced kind of characters it, it embraces the anti-hero theme again right and you know i know in the D world the very first attempt at that like if you could find the character sheet bring up the character sheet for me brian since you're driving
2: and for um, those of you that have just uh come in we are talking about blades in the dark this is a fast-paced one-shot uh system that just involves a one six-sided dice you are uh part of a cr- criminal syndicate and you basically have to thieve and destroy and rise in uh, infamy as the blade in the dark. So you take on characters such as thieves, smugglers, fighters, alchemists, mechanics. You have to make your name in the uh criminal underbelly of dusk, duskfall, duskfall. Yeah, duskfall.
0: Duskfall. Yeah, duskfall. <laughs> this sounds um, really cool. The, as soon as you said. One d six, right? Mm-hmm. That, that my takes my way, my, my brain just exploded. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's set as a fast paced one shot, but you can actually you know make it into a campaign if you want. So uh-huh. uh, that's why I thought this system was really cool because it just deals with the one dice, and it's so completely different to like you know the typical d d hero like oh I'm gonna save the world no mm. you're an asshole that's gonna thieve and backstab everybody right. to make a big name for yourself this
0: it sounds like that this game is about the the backstory and the canon um, mm-hmm. more than the system the system mechanics mm-hmm. yeah um Sharon I mentioned to you uh when we were talking after last week's show um about uh one of my favorite games. And again, I don't want to I don't want to close the conversation on Blades in the Dark, but it sounds to me a little bit like Shadowrun, which is to this day still one of my favorite backstories and and world mythos that I've ever read or played. Um but again, the 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 mechanics were yep, there you go. Ooh. I still have all my original Shadowrun stuff. Um The mechanics were... They weren't horrible. They weren't Mm -hmm. great. That game was also based on a handful of D6. um, And given the depth of what you could do... So for those of you who are not familiar, Shadowrun was set in modern times. Corporations basically kind of rule the world. They have their own private security forces and armies and whatnot. Um very I think matrix meets D D because Magic also uh sprang back to life. Um sci-fi, but,
2: cyberpunk, type exactly.
0: Cyber yeah, cyberpunk meets DD. Um people started to mutate back into into orcs and elves and dwarves and trolls. Um they did a really, really awesome job of explaining this through the vehicle of the Native American nations. Ooh. Um And them kind of taking back what was rightfully theirs, so America was... was hugely fractured um, into the United Canadian and American States and the Confederated American States and then most of America went back to the Native American Nations which I also Whoa, thought was awesome. I like that. But anyway it was set in Seattle and it was it, exactly cyberpunk meets D&D so it was just a really really but That's awesome actually a really story. good transition because I think Blades in the Dark
1: is a really good approach to that fast one shot simple dice mechanic mm-hmm um heavy character noir grit and then just this really quick immersive way of playing a game but then we think about sci-fi cyberpunk shadow run so brian's rundown of shadow run i was surprised at how interesting i thought lasers and feelings were that was (laughs) pretty funny um i was like holy crap i just lasers
2: and feelings
1: um, that's where you're part of a spacefaring crew on the ship. By the way, hello, Paradox and it, uh, Fatal Experiment. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's Gork. That's Gork from Saturday Night's um, Gork. Welcome, guys! Thanks for joining. The Laser and Feelings felt like an attempt at Firefly. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: cool.
2: Um, it's not just a show. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting. But of course, obviously we have Call of Cthulhu, Dread,
0: um, and what to, to play, you know, I'll, I'll just close up the Shadowrun thing by saying, again, to this day, my favorite backstory, because the breadth of what you could play, but, and we played it for, for a good couple of years um, uh, exclusively, and got a little bit tired of the limited um, mechanics, and really? therefore stopped, yeah.
2: Well, I really like the focus of it being like cyberpunk and also like just fighting back against uh, corporations. Cause you know, like, especially if you're like in America, corporations are just. America. So uh,
0: yeah, the the... basis of the game was was running corporate espionage missions. Ooh! So you'd have your rigger who went in, uh, you know, to jack into their security systems in the matrix, and then you had your street samurais with wired reflexes and shit, and then you're like street shaman who, you know, uh, the guy might be an orc and he's got magic. So it was really so fucking cool. cool. But the biggest disconnect was trying to run somebody in a matrix-like environment. While the rest of the party, you know, everybody hates fucking splitting the party up in a in yeah. a role playing game. This was that to the nth degree, uh, um, because of the story. But anyway, I'll shut up.
2: Yeah, well, no, that's. <laughs> I mean, Shadowrun sounds like a really great system, and I'd definitely like to play. It's uh, worth Apple picking
0: up the the core rule book just to read, uh, to read it. I mean, they they got down so granular that they had, um. So the the main game takes place in Seattle. Uh, Seattle's kind of like this free city that's, that's independent. Um, and they went so far as to like, you know, top rated restaurants, you know, your favorite pork <laughs> cuisine and your favorite, you know, human cuisine. And, and uh, so they funny. had dragons who were heads of corporations and stuff. It was just, really that's cool. cool. Well,
1: but that, that that brings us back to a lot of things about when we talk about the different gaming systems,
0: mm-hmm. um, Now, let me ask you a a very pertinent question. Mm -hmm. When you say gaming system, do you think mythos or do you think mechanics? I think pure mechanics. Okay. Pure mechanics.
1: And there's a reason why my brain goes that route. And I do the same. Um, My brain goes that route because clearly, well, clearly is a little bit not an appropriate word. Um, When you look at games, they're essentially themes right sci-fi western uh, horror uh, noir steampunk medieval high fantasy low fantasy stuff like that um so it's it's uh yeah it's actually very true a lot of the older versions so for example this is a second edition book Mm -hmm. um so a lot of this has been turned into pdf reality
2: that's awesome.
1: That's cool. but I will premise all that by something very
0: interesting that I found. Oh shit, you know what I forgot, damn it. I was in my garage yesterday <laughs> so, and I saw my old box of all my old source books for all these fucking games from the eighties. Like, oh I, I gotta bring that up for the show and I totally forgot.
1: Yeah, I share do show and couple, tell. I'm gonna share <laughs> a couple things because I kinda wanna stipulate a point about mechanics mm-hmm. because it's it's an interesting way. Um, one of these days I'll have a Bluetooth headset I just don't like them um, and there's no not for for streaming no wired no no I know um, but I do have a GURPS book around here which I'd like
0: to share with everyone but I'll find it later okay I now meant- you make what? me want to get up and go to the garage and get all those well, books no, no, but no, I got to move I'm... one of the cars well okay.
2: while well, everyone's looking for books let's uh, here, we <laughs>
0: go. No, here we go so <laughs> I wish Here's... you had some elevator music like
1: for intermission <laughs> do, 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 do. so this kind of lends into the conversation, right? So I have no idea this system. I don't know what this is. Never heard of it. No one's ever heard of it. I've talked to so many. I found it in a bookstore. Okay. Um, maybe a year ago. It has never been opened.
0: It smells brand new. I got oh, it for two bucks. Wow
1: probably worth bucks.
0: about $17,000. I got
1: it as part of somebody who just unloaded it as a set. Yeah. So I have all four books, the dungeon screen. They call it the the, the referee screen. So I've got okay. the whole thing. Um, but this is a good example of just because you think you built the best mechanics doesn't mean anyone's going to know about it. Right. right. You know what I mean? So, but the, once again, I was inspired by the idea of the fantasy age Theme that they were going with. So you said you haven't read it. You don't. You don't know. You have. I've read a little bit of it, and it is pretty mechanically heavy. So I think that might have been part of the problem. Okay. But then I found a new box to curate, and I came across this. Oh, I've still got that. that That's down in that. That's down in that box I was talking about. Right. So I've got all three editions of this now because Larry is letting me curate his collection. Mm -hmm. Um. A pretty heavy mechanic game yeah Wow. these could take hours to play but the immersion effect of this theme where you're in these just these huge gargantuan robots that are moving through the world and you're having these intense battles with other people on the tabletop oh, yes. it overcame the mechanics find where i'm going so far with this like a lot, do, a lot Black of people do. We try. A lot of people do this theme, right? A lot of yeah. people do this theme. Not many people do this theme, right? Right. So you're willing to push through the mechanics that you have to learn. Now, the last time anybody tried to solve all the mechanic problems is with this.
0: Yep.
2: GURPS.
0: Yeah. Right. The
1: generic uh, universal role playing system. Hero what system. if
0: hero GURPS. system also was? I a, have that book as well. Yeah. So
1: if We could come up with this. Could you then not play any theme you've ever wanted to play? Therefore, are we now in a world that mechanics become less important and a single mechanic for 100 themes so we get closer to story Mm -hmm. and less worried about mechanics, right? This is the age-old... That's why I love the idea of this topic because Mm -hmm. there are hundreds of mechanical systems out there. Mm -hmm. You know, both in physical copy and PDF copy, depending on how you choose to consume it. But I found, I I just, I was, as soon as you mentioned Shadowrun, I remembered in my mind, when we were supposed to meet last week, I had this idea of formulating, you know, this, this understanding, right? What if I could play a game that requires only one dice? Yep. Right. One dice mechanic. Right now. If you're a dice goblin, you're probably not going to like that. Um, <laughs> if you're a dice company that builds dice for a living, you're probably not going to like that. Um, if you're a publisher, you're probably going to love it because that's probably going to be a lore-heavy world. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of really fun shit you can write, and people are really going to love it. But I get... I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead because I you 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 definitely have a thought. So well, no. it no.
2: Like I was thinking, like, because you know how back in the day they had like the choose your own adventure storybooks.
1: Oh, I love! I used to have them by the stacks. Yeah, but
2: integrate that with like a just a dice. I think that would be really fun.
1: So it begs the question: Do we still think that the only reason we use mechanics is because they introduce chaos,
0: while everything else is organized and planned and thought out? It depends. Okay, so it depends on. Here's my you bring up a very interesting point, and obviously, GURPS is the king of, of trying to solve this issue. Yeah, hero, hero system, hero systems it's a great name, hero system. <laughs> Trust, well, it's like Trust it's a, the, the generic universal role playing system, right? Same thing with Torg, the other role playing game, oh, right. right? Um, I love Torg, is one of my favorites too, just because. That system wasn't necessarily, if I remember, that system was pretty light, also to the point of being constrictive, uh, constricting, um, constricticated. Um, <laughs> what I loved, what I loved about that is Torg, almost
1: as funny as when Sharon said back in the day. Both those have <laughs> me in hysterics inside my
0: head. Torg, what I loved about <laughs> Torg, it was it was this like. Worlds Collide, What If, Buckaroo Banzai amalgamation of every fucking theme you could want to play. Ancient Egypt, you know, Victorian England, uh, space lasers, uh superheroes, uh, film noir. Um, I just, I don't think the system was there to back it up. Mm. Um, now, I kind of... My view is with a game system is, and I guess it depends. You know, Vampire Masquerade is is a good example of a game where they tried to downplay the system as much as possible. The whole thing about that that game was storytelling and, yes. and playing a vampire. Right, everybody getting together and basically playing vampire. Um, I the way. I think a universal system is a great idea. I I personally though, like anytime you say one die, I go into convulsions. Okay. <laughs> I personally feel that a system, in order to be fully universal, a system has to have there's a fine balance point between enough chaos and detail and rules without becoming bogged down in, in those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't know that, I don't know that five E is the answer, but we've talked about the DC system. Um, five E is a, is a pretty good base for something like that. I think we'll see how Spelljammer plays out. Um, but I do think that the system has to have enough, enough depth, that you can develop a character and play to the mechanics of whatever theme you want so that it doesn't just feel like okay we're just calling it medieval england and we're rolling a d6 whenever we need to do something you know what i mean there has yeah. to be like if i'm a if i'm in a sci-fi spacefaring game I want to be able to create a skill that is, you know, rewire spaceship bulkhead doors, okay? Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to roll and do that and feel like I've accomplished something. If I'm in d and I want to be, you know, stealthing up castle stairs, all right? Right. Um, so in my opinion, and you guys may have a different view, in my opinion, it does have to be uh, a a deep enough mechanic system To be able to really fully enjoy the rest of that stuff. If not, I mean, you could all just sit around and play storytelling. And I'm not knocking that. Uh, You know, that could be a very good thing. But then why are you, why do you have a character sheet at all? You might as well just all sit around in a room and just literally talk through, like, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And have a referee that makes the decisions on the fly. Right. So, So I'd be curious to hear your, both of your, Opinions on on the the depth of the mechanics in terms of of how um, involved it well, is. Well, I'd like to hear about
1: Sharon's opinion from her character depth because I I still think the main point of a game, if you play it this way, right now that we're cutting on teeth on. Oh. Um, Now that we're cutting our teeth on one of the more specific Mm -hmm. questions, which is, are you playing a board game? Are you playing an RP game? Are you playing a TTRPG game? Are you playing a tabletop war game, right? So once you settle on the type of game you're playing in that Mm -hmm. game world, if you're going to be a player, Sharon, like a player character, what are you looking for?
2: Well to circle back to what Brian was talking about the the different mechanics most of these uh, uh, you know these systems that I have listed they are designed in such a way where it is just a one shot s- session I think it would bog down the mechanics if they were to extend it f- further um, I think maybe to introduce 5e mechan- well I'm not sure if it's possible to like introduce like 5e mechanics on like a one dice game for like uh, you know, blades in the dark or something. Because like, Well, they the-
1: tried it once before, which is interesting. They tried it with the D20 system is what they really? tried to accomplish. They tried to oh. minimize or organize it in such a way that, you know, if you just roll D20s, you mm-hmm. can resolve a lot of your playing mechanics. But if you're a player versus somebody guiding the players through a game, you're going to have such unique perspectives on the mechanics of a game that the guide sees the mechanics as a way to tell the story Mm -hmm. and allow, not allow, but then expect the characters to react accordingly to it.
2: Right. Uh, Whereas the
1: characters may say, okay, I know I've got a big old sword or a pistol or laser beam eyes or whatever I'm immersing myself in where I sometimes find the characters get a little bit frustrated how could laser beams only do 2 points of damage?
0: See, right. and I think that's mi- that's, that's where, where mi- that's where my mind is is and I know this is this is an age-old argument especially nowadays with D&D having become so mainstream and the the depth of of character stories um you know uh, that we that we see being so much deeper than when you know than when we were kids playing this it, it's like some people feel that mechanics take away from your ability to develop character stories i disagree i i feel that that's, that character stories and backgrounds and character development is is can be separate from the mechanics you can go as deep as you want on that i feel i guess where where i feel uh, the mechanics come in is In addition to having my unique character story, I want to be able to, based on... I mean, it's a game. We're playing a game based on a system. So I want to be able to take advantage of my character's abilities in a way that feels different from everybody else at the table. Right, And that's why I feel like there has to be a certain amount of granularity so that when I make a specific skill check... I feel like I'm actually accomplishing something and not everybody at the table. Like, you know, one of the things I hate at the table in D&D is like, okay, uh, you, you know, the DM is is speaking to the party and, and somebody is checking at a door. Okay, make a perception check. And everybody says, oh, I make a perception check too.
2: Right. <laughs> you don't like right? Teamwork,
0: right? It's like, I don't, I don't care if you have a plus six. <laughs> I'm talking to this guy and he's got a plus one, but he's the one listening to the door. So let him do it and fuck it up. So well, I, and- I, I feel that the mechanics allow for more uh, differentiation in in player characters. And to me, as a player, uh, that is what interests me in a game. I want to be different from everybody else at the table, beyond just my backstory.
2: Well, it's more like you're getting a more personal involvement into the world via mechanics. Yeah.
0: Yes.
1: Well, because- Sharon, when, really quick, because I want to get your opinion on this. When you were building Mira... Like, when you went through the process of building your druid and then organizing the backstory for her, did the ability stats ever come into play other than the core mechanic of you being a druid? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you were rolling your skill sets and organizing your feats and your your abilities and organizing the kind of mechanical skeleton of Mira did it ever matter to you when you were doing that or was the story something that mattered more so as long as the mechanics got you close to it you were you know what I'm getting at like that idea you know
2: yeah and the thing is too like I was leaning more on her background at first and then when I started to progress in the game that's when I started to think about like her abilities more because then like it's it's a part of her and You know, she would have, you know, the amount of experience that she has because of the person that she is. So, I mean, she's Uh, even really clumsy. (laughs)
0: But see that (laughs) that can be a beautiful thing in both your character's story and your mechanics. You know, you could. I mean, we're kind of getting into the min-max versus not discussion. Um, So, as much as I love mechanics. I am not a min-maxer. I like creating characters based on a story about what I want to play. And if that is completely contrary to the to the to the proper way to build have- a character within said system, I don't care. Once I have that character built though, then I want to take advantage of the mechanics to the best of my ability. And I mean, it could be a really fun thing to say, hey, every third action that I take, I have to roll a d20 and on a one, I trip over my own feet and because I'm clumsy as shit. I mean, well, and
1: something I find interesting too, because I know me and Sharon have talked about this before, but the cultural influences around you and those relationships with a possible game mechanic. um, Like I've really fallen in love with the board game Castle Siege, right? It's a lot of fun. It's random. It's a cooperative game right? So the cooperative nature of it Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. Mechanics can be both scary and simplistic at the same time. So like when I think about the uniqueness of cooperative play, right, and its relationship to mechanics, it kind of reminds me of the topic that Sharon touched on, which is like the cuteness factor of a game. Right? The idea, sometimes you want to play a game that's just funny or kind of like You know, it's It's so adorable, it makes your teeth crack. Or, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it's just silly. Or, you know, when we did our one-shot with the grain Lands one time, it was a Feywild one-shot. And they were playing characters that were about to go on an adventure that were watching their alternate characters land into a mysterious town. So they were from the town but they were riding unicorns and they had cotton candy weapons and, you know, they had
0: snow cone wands and they just glitter built these
2: Yeah. So, okay. Glitter. So in, in
0: that, in <laughs> that vein right there, mm. like say you were, were, were you running that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: awesome. <laughs> it was
0: fun. So was as awesome. a DM, My mind immediately goes to as a DM, okay, you're all in the Feywild. So every hour I'm gonna roll on the wild magic chart and somebody is gonna turn blue or whatever. Or whatever the result is, yeah. Yeah. Somebody, you know, some people might say as a DM, I'm just going to decide when the time is right for storytelling when that stuff happens. And I think a combination of the two is really great, but some, I guess what I'm getting at with dice really just I'm a, I'm just a dice whore that's the, that's the basis of this of this conversation but i think so much what <laughs> what is uh, <laughs> i think what i love about not having to make those decisions myself all the time is just the randomness of it
1: yeah R- which I, I feel like it's that chaos. gets us, i feel like that gets us to the core of the of the mechanic you know reality a lot of dice not so much dice, uh, more character development, mm-hmm. less character development, more you know game guidance, referee guidance mm-hmm. versus minimal referee guidance, right? Um, yeah,
0: I would I would say it, that's a fair assessment.
1: But it, what's fascinating is one time I had I had a whole day to myself. I think Callista was off doing something. I was in in the studio, and I knew I had a lot of writing to do that I wanted to work on, like. I, I sat down and I said to myself, I'm going to write a single-page gaming system. An entire gaming system written in a single
0: page. In point seven point type. <laughs> right? <laughs> One page, 28 million And what words. it really
1: forced me to do is think about how important mechanics really are. And what I found myself doing... Oh, just let the player decide that for themselves. Just let the player. Mm -hmm. I had like 35 asterisks that just said, let the player decide that for themselves. And I'm finding myself more and more, like we're experiencing with Pike's Promise on Mondays. Mm -hmm. I'm finding myself more and more getting out of the business of resolution of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Just looking at my player and going, how do you think you would handle this? Explain it to me. And then okay. describe what they do. And then I go, okay, let's talk about that. Give me this, this, and this. And then what do you think, this or this? And they might say, well, this sounds logical. And they do their roles. And I go, okay, you had a partial success here. but But you had an amazing failure here. Tell me how you feel like that failure is going to be. And then they narrate their own failure. Now, I definitely borrowed a lot of that from Shannon. Who plays a lot of mage and mage kind of narration and refereeing of people who play mage it's like you know um describe for me how you're trying to shoot the gun well i prop it up on the car and then as i aim across the hood i just let a full burst of rounds go at the target okay great as you did that you didn't realize the car had been running all day and it's hot, so as you put your hand on the hood, <laughs> go ahead and roll with disadvantage because you immediately are you know distracted by the heat of the
0: hood. Okay, but it, you you just you said something right there. I think that is beautiful. I love it, but you just said roll with disadvantage, right? But that so I think the, the roll beauty... with
1: disadvantage is a notation of
0: um, risk versus reward. Yeah, right? and I'm I'm not I'm not arguing what you're saying, because I think that that narrative resolution. But to your point, yeah,
1: disadvantage versus advantage feels like a universal mechanic. You're right. Right. It feels like a universal
0: so mechanic. I, and right. I would agree with So that. I yeah. think a, a, beautiful, a beautifully written system of mechanics can incorporate both. It should not be so constrictive. That you have to rely on a die roll, and you can't narrate. Correct. But, it, but they should be able to to play hand in hand. I love what you just said about the car's hot, and you put your hand on there. So, so then I it just, changes your your yeah, difficulty.
2: Or, this, yeah.
1: To, and to like, me,
0: the whole page, sorry, Cher. The whole
1: page that I wrote, it boiled down to the introduction of mechanics based purely on risk and reward. When I got to the end of that single page, I looked at all my notes and I'm like, if I could come up with a mechanic system that clarified and codified the idea of risk versus reward, and that was a Unitarian system, I feel like you get to that point that you're trying to get to.
0: (laughs) I just had a, I just had a fabulous idea. Hold on, two seconds, and then you should. All right, I'm gonna. I want to publish
2: all wrinkly by the time you guys are done. Right, seven,
0: (laughs) seven seconds. You're using up my fucking time. I want to publish a game, a game source book that's 200 pages long, and all of the pages are blank, and on the first page it says, "Do whatever the fuck you want." (laughs) That is chaos. What were your thoughts, (laughs) Chair?
2: just going to say that like uh most tabletop games are very action heavy and very mechanics driven but there are games out there where like you don't even have to have dice you don't even have to fight people like for example like uh dread for example you're using a jenga tower to yeah play i saw the all with game.
1: Paradox. yeah that was awesome like That's- what is this
2: Huh? You didn't take a look at it, Brian? That was part of your homework.
0: I know. What is it? It's what is called Dread?
2: Dread. So it's an interesting
1: just, take. Yeah, go Yeah, Cher. It's a
2: horror-style tabletop RPG game where you use the Jenga tower. It's already terrifying as it is, but why not add a horror game to it? So for each... uh Basically, each decision that you make in the game, like, say, for example, you're trying to hide from the murderer. Okay, well, then you're going to have to stealthily walk away from the guy. Okay, pull a block from the tower and see if you can make a success. And if you don't, well, the tower falls and the murderer gets you.
0: It's fucking ridiculous.
2: <laughs> but I it's lovely. cool. That it is but
0: fucking it, ridiculous. But it it really,
1: it really brings in the physical, kind of like the Physical interactive.
2: Yeah. But I
1: think sometimes games lack. It's an okay. over exaggeration. Don't get me ex- wrong. To it's expand. An that. Here's your game
0: kit and it comes in a footlocker. What are you trying to do? Well, I want to stealth on this tightrope. Okay. Here's a rope. Go tie it to that banister and that's and that doorknob it and walk on the, the fucking tightrope. The that's ridiculous. I'm, palms, I, no, I'm gonna say it. That's fucking ridiculous. Your
2: palms are already sweaty from playing Jenga, anyways. You might as well get scared. While while doing it
1: <laughs> well i think it's also a really interesting mechanical way of introducing people to gameplay without them Embracing feeling like Ryan. that, that it, it, you know it what i mean like
0: extremely it, creative I will, you know it's I like, like oh that.
1: yeah i play this when i go drinking with my friends this is easy yeah Oh, by the way, if you pull the wrong block, you and the party
0: die. Oh, well, that's different. You didn't tell me that. That is extremely creative, and I can see that being a ton of fun. (laughs) (laughs) But I still think it's fucking ridiculous.
1: (laughs) And to the point of... and Of course, now I'm going to go and buy the damn thing. And what prompted (laughs) me to think about this whole game mechanic thing when we were talking about it before is... What if... This is a big what if, right? What if you get a table of people together and you say, okay, what do you want to play? How and they that? all look at each other and go, well, can we do something sci-fi? Sure. What do you want to do? You know, you start talking about that. you say, okay, great. How do you think the characters should go? I mean, you, you, Should they be built a certain way? Should you have classes? Should you have the idea of identifiers? Should you be kind of like identified as a certain kind of player? What are your thoughts? What if you could develop a game that is so kind of like driven through just the nature of the vibe of the table that whatever it becomes just becomes
0: that game for that table? And again, I think that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, there's still... They could all agree that they want to use 25 different dice. Yeah.
1: Right? They could all agree that they want to do, well, hey, they could all look at me and go, hey, Jason, we're all kind of console gamers. Um, Can we do do skill sets? Can we do, like, skill trees? Right? So kind of what you've been working on in the past, Brian, where you have these layered skill things to kind of give you those extra edges as you
0: move through the world. So we're coming full circle because what you're talking about – is a universal system that can apply to anything.
1: No, it's even worse than that. What I'm talking about is no system exists
0: until the table starts playing. Okay, but then basically you have to come up with a system and create one or find one. Exactly.
1: What if that's the missing link? What if the great hereditary challenge of any table lasting a progressively long time is that it's a lot of
0: round pegs trying to find the right holes to fit into? Okay, but wouldn't... Wouldn't a truly universal game system that was had awesome mechanics, wouldn't that fulfill that role? No,
1: because the mechanics are still predefined. So this you just want an on approach. the game. This but you're talking, very... okay,
0: but what I'm hearing is, hey, what do you guys want to play tonight? Let's play sci-fi. Okay, the now i got to sit what, what all you are hearing right
1: now is Brian's trying to figure out how can I publish rules if I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, what I'm hearing is, great, let's play sci-fi. Now we got to fucking spend the next 47 hours writing rules for this game.
1: Well, what if it turns out that the table only cares about 10% of what a book is written to?
0: Then that's, and that 10% is mean, not really over- then you're, then you're back to like Vampire the Masquerade, where the system doesn't really matter, and it's all about narrative.
1: What if they agree that a D100 is a great way to determine fate? Maybe they want to come up with a fate rule, but at the okay, same but time, maybe ta- they want to... What you're tree. saying
0: is you have to create a rule system on the fly. Yeah, sounds like fun to me. <laughs> yeah, you guys want to play a game tonight? Yeah, great. Yeah. Engineer this fucking game for the next Yeah,
1: let's do it. 12 hours. Oh, you want to be someone who's good at assassin? You want to buy, like be a
0: you want to be a hey, brewer? We, you want to be an alchemist?
1: You want when to be I was like... a kid.
0: We spent entire nights and entire sessions doing nothing but creating characters for oh, wow. multiple fucking weeks. So I'm not knocking like, "Oh, let's create this." The 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 thought of creating this uh this customized um thing <laughs> is 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 great to me, but I guess I'm, I'm still, I'm still thinking of the mind. I'm still in the mindset of if you had a truly, really well written, not too deep, but just deep enough, all encompassing universal game system, then you should be able to meld that into whatever the players want to play that night. And
1: usually that's what ends up happening. It's just, it's a, it's an interesting way to look at the most common problem of any game that's trying to get going, which is how do we get that table vibe established? Mm -hmm. Well, if there's a kind of, you know, agreement on the mechanic, is that enough to keep the table going? Well, sure. Mm -hmm. Once you have an agreement on a mechanic, you have a druid, you know, you have a dwarven pirate, you have a crazy barbarian, and they're in a cyberpunk world where a mad mage on top of a, of an iron tower is using the iron tower to suppress the populace and this group has got to figure out a way into the tower and you know s- save the populace from this this insane mage and it turns out the mage's name is cpu and suddenly dealing with this mage is dealing with an ai and do we have the right kind of like mechanics to kind of like enforce those ai potential mechanics and suddenly you're in the multi- multiverse because the, Apo- the a pot the AI The AI expands you out into 2,000 possibilities
0: of what might happen. Um, I want to play that theme right there (laughs) with the rules from Stratego. Make that for me.
1: Right? I mean, at some point, I mean, I agree. It's like it's one of the reasons why I like 5e mechanics so much is I can take GURPS lore. I could take 5e DC core system. Uh, I could take uh, Mage and Vampire the Masquerade character construction with mm-hmm. their Cthulhu-based lore, and then take some Shadowrun corporate cyberpunk theme, and boom, you're off and running in the game.
0: Yeah, but it's you know still – I mean? uh, yes, totally. I agree. But I, I guess my point is it's still – unless you're playing completely narrative – um, it's still based on a system. What dice? Do, how do well, I figure out well, if, partly if I only based on eight a comp- system? Maybe that's how, another how do I figure do out if I accomplish think? this or not? What'd you say?
2: <laughs> I said, "Chat." What do you guys think? Do you think? <laughs> oh, it should be a of course, universal? Sharon.
0: We've been just spouting. I, you, off know, for like 40 just, you know, I'm
2: just you know, I'm just a wallflower.
0: <laughs> Let me well, ask you this. Let me ask you this seriously. I actually, Well, i like is there this ever I squeeze time in the is,
2: cuteness? Uh, games before we sign off, guys. Which there's we a will. Lot of, like,
0: if we got to run a little over for... Uh, oh, this show is sure, going longer than, longer than 8 o'clock. <laughs> cuteness,
1: we will, I assure or, you. Or whatever, yeah. If you show, could yeah. dumb down basic <laughs> archetypes, but have them open to expansion interpretation from there. I think that's becoming a much more common theme these days. Yes, the idea now, but, of-
0: but is, that, is that expanding the interpretation wholly based on backstory or is it expanding the interpretation based on a system of mechanics with 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 set skills that differentiates that character's sub did either of you watch the new critical role the story of sprinkles
1: no not yet don't fucking ruin it for me yeah that's a really good example of the cuteness factor that we're about to transition to while also answering brian's question i really felt like their most recent episode mm-hmm. was pure backstory enlightenment like
2: yeah where did
0: I sprinkles am... come from and where did sprinkles go okay don't get me <laughs> wrong i'm not against backstory and narrative role play but he all. is against cuteness so goodbye Um, anyway cuteness sucks (laughs) fuck cuteness fuck your sprinkle (laughs) no I am very very much into narrative role playing I still enjoy the shopping episodes of critical role more than anything else if a die is never rolled during a session I'm okay with that but when it comes to can I hack this guy's head off with my axe or shoot his eye out with my laser gun I want a fucking die to roll you know uh, yeah. Let me ask you a question, though. Are there ever times where you guys, because, so I don't know if you know this, but the and in in RPG and company, when I was developing this brand, I originally t- developed uh, RPG Inc. And right before I bought the URL and, and applied for the trademark, I thought, you know what, that's going to pigeonhole me into just role-playing games, and I don't want to do that, because I have a very big love of board games so that's why i changed it to and company it's very subtle branding thing that's another show though um so in that vein uh is there ever a time that that you get together with a group of friends and you're like oh we want to play we want to play something immersive but we don't necessarily want to role play tonight what board game can we play that is that still has an immersive backstory, whether it's cute or whether it's Cthulhu, madness and stress or whatnot, and let's play that board game tonight instead of a role-playing game? Because I, I do find that from time to time, and that's why I wanted to bring up Cthulhu, Death May Die. Well, the yeah, only
2: other game I've played besides D D that involves cooperation. I mean it's still D D. Uh it's a board Finally
0: game for- we pissed Jason off enough that he just left.
2: <laughs> uh and it's a uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. Um so you get to have minis, you get to have tiles, and mm-hmm. it's all randomized and you still get to roll a D20, but you're still playing a game where you have to roll to disable traps. You're rolling to fight enemies in the okay. game, so it's it's not anything that has to do with lore or anything. There's like a little bit like a little snippet, but yeah, it's essentially combat.
0: So, so. Thulu Death May Die, and I like that. And and Death May Die by Simon Games is very cool. It is, it's a ugh, Warhammer for fuck's sake. <laughs> 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 Don't fucking get me started on Warhammer. Cthulhu is an awesome game because it is based on madness and insanity, and and I'm not going to get too deep into it. Um, But the way you lose the game more often than just dying is you go insane, Mm -hmm. and they just did the artwork, um, the the feel of the game. They just yes, that's another good one. Betrayal at House on the Hill, yes. Um, it's a really immersive board game. And if you, and if you play it right, or if you play it in a certain way, I should say, you can really set a mood. Um, Battletech was, we played a, yes, uh, that's Matt. Yeah. We played God. How many fucking nights did we play Battletech? Um, but, uh, I find it interesting because with the right board game, you can, I feel you can still set. mood, and have some of that immersion without having to have the heavy aspect of role-playing that sometimes, quite frankly, you just don't want to do. So you have zombie dice. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: (gasps) Ooh, I love zombies. What's that?
1: Then you have spite and malice. What? That I haven't heard of. And then, of course, you have joking hazard, right? Yes. So... I think the idea, which you both set up perfectly, is what are are you in the mood to play? Yeah. It's all about the mood. Um, Do you want to put together, you know, cool Warhammer army and just go at it all night? Do you want to bring out Jenners and Atlases? Go at it in a sci-fi, kind of like, you know, um, one-shot adventure without a whole lot of RP, but a lot of mechanics. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to sit down and play a board game? Um, do you want to sit down and play a really heavy RP game? I think we keep coming back to the number one challenge that all mechanics have. What do you feel like playing? What do you feel like playing? Like, you know, and, and should you feel just wonderfully lucky that you're amongst a group of people that feel the same way? What do you feel like playing? You want to play a little dark tower? Their Kickstarter was amazing. Yeah, I have it. It's awesome. Yeah, a
0: Warhammer they're... RPG. That would be fucking interesting as shit.
1: Well, we do have one. Didn't they make that with the, uh, the? It's the it's the one with the 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 barbarian, the Mohawk troll on the front of it. It was called Warhammer RPG. Oh. or
0: yeah. I guess yeah. there was a reason it failed. It probably cost seventy five thousand dollars. Oh my God! Here we
2: he he go. <laughs> <What? laughs> I just remembered Munchkin is also a fun So uh, Munchkin oh, yeah, is awesome I I
0: it's an amazing yeah. game to play yeah um, so and- along these lines do you ever feel like you're sitting at the table and you say what do you guys want to play tonight well we want something a little bit light but we still want to have some fun we don't want to play a role playing game because we don't want to deal with the heavy mechanics
2: <laughs> Legendary toaster. It's
0: <Toasters. laughs> such a forty k reference. So,
2: like for tabletop games, it's kind of like uh, a pick your flavor type of like mm. setting, isn't it? It's like different it really flavors.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I meant if you're if if the t- if your group is like, do we want to play a role playing game? Do we not want to think that hard? Is it does the mechanics of the role playing game? ever affect the decision like yeah we'd like to play role-playing game tonight but we don't want to create characters and deal with the mechanics and yada 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 right well which is <coughs>
2: it's so great though isn't it like you're just you know you're just picking up a character and then just rolling with it for the night and whatever happens that's happens.
0: that's true which can also be a ton of fun yeah. here's your yeah. character one that you would never have otherwise created yeah, well it's one of the things one of the reasons why i like the avray bot
1: so much like my favorite one shots to run are to let everybody you know hey when you go in the one shot channel do the exclamation random char so it's a random character build mm-hmm. and whatever you get is what you play with
2: oh that's fun
1: which you know um just rolling with yeah i mean yeah. It, actually that would be it, a
0: good name that would be a good name for a game just roll yeah, with it just roll a, with for it. a universal yeah. game Yeah, I love, ooh. Trademarked, trademarked, (laughs) Gibbs.
1: Motherfucker. Well, uh, you could do the publication. I'll do the rule Mm -hmm. writing. Just roll with it. And you know what would fucking be so much fun to do with that? I just popped in my head. Let's create some new dice. Gibbs, trademark. (laughs) Let's create a D15.
0: Let's create a D30. I want Let's, a trapezoidal why die letters
2: that won't even
0: land on any. Well, it it and, lands on and, nothing but one and seventeen. And Torcsier
1: <laughs> brought up a good point earlier. You know, fake cards. You know, yeah. what if you get out of the business of dice? Does a game get more mechanically interesting when you use fake cards
0: instead of dice? Why not both? Or possibly both? Yeah. I mean, if look it, you know, at the, my yeah. look at my homebrew. All of my homebrew is is pretty high level for D anD D. It's pretty high level shit. But it's all got caveats. Mm. Like, use this too much and X happens. I love that type of shit. I love the random factor. I, I love that. I mean, to me, a game that used cards and dice would be, all, even if it was dice and a deck of 52 playing cards. Well, yeah.
2: And that's how some people actually play DDs with a deck of cards. And then like, I the think that's fucking tuned, awesome. And the thing is, too, now that I think about it, like, Dude, like the deck of many things, it's a card game within a dice game,
0: like a tarot deck. Like, yeah. So well, that's and- that's why I say that that when the rules are easy, that's why I feel like when the rules are easy enough to apply to, to apply to any system, but yet still have a a a an amount of detail to them where you can you can introduce in a specific situation, a little bit of chaos and a little bit of randomness. I, I think that is to me, that's a, that's an interesting game.
1: So on that note, let's talk about really quick. An example of the most mechanically heavy game ever written in the history of
0: humankind. Ever, oh ever? shit. Wait, wait. Oh, Why does that not surprise me? That's what a fucking is Star Trek. <laughs> right? I think that's Wait so cool. how how thick is that book? Hold it up to the hold up. The I side. mean it's
2: wow, it's dense.
0: Jesus Christ! It even looks it's, like a fucking Starfleet manual.
2: It it.
1: This is part of Larry's collection that I've been allowed to carry, and he's got about fifty books related to this. Jesus, Um It's but you know it's. It's a really good example of generational movement away from like the interpretation of gameplay and Mm -hmm. having multiple generations through cultural influence Mm
0: -hmm.
1: begin to design the idea of gameplay, right? Could you have as much fun playing this or this? Well, they're both equal measures of possible fun depending on the group that you're playing with so if you circle back to the idea of mechanics it does make sense no matter what every game that you play is going to have its own mechanic and kind of its own system no matter what you play right Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to learn the nuance of the way their rules come into effect right but it all really boils down to can you have fun playing any game with anyone at a table i mean that is the great kind of like grail of like you know you have a group of five friends you from 9am until 9pm you order pizza beer and you sit around a table and play 12 different games mm-hmm. right wow. so it's just like that's always my encouragement for folks it's like sure we're talking about mechanics today but had i never really gotten involved with a being a professional dm i never would have met sharon i never would have met brian You know, So yes, game mechanics are important to how we think we're about to play a game. But remember everybody around the table. Remember the journey that you went on to meet each one of those folks. And Mm -hmm. remember the fun that you're having. Um, Don't worry about rolling really shitty. If you got the Will Wheaton curse, don't worry about it. You're going to have a slice of pizza and you're going to move on to the next game. But, it, and you're but just the Will Wheaton
0: curse was so much fun to your it, point. It, 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 and so there's the I've F won. word. There's no such thing. It's, it's not about winning or playing right. You're right. It's about having fun. And I, you know, it, and, yeah.
1: And, you know, we, we, you know, I love World War II games. I love, you know, I love uh, colonial games. Squad I love, leader. You know, I love Catan. Talk about fucking love, rules heavy. You know, Rivers- a lot of people probably don't know this, but you know, um, the creator of D and D his favorite game was to play Gettysburg, him and his friends from Friday till Monday would play Gettysburg tabletop all weekend long. And D and D came out of that in the sense they said, well, what are our captains, majors, sergeants and lieutenants doing in
0: between wars? This was this was one of our trivia questions, which oh, unfortunately yeah. we forgot to write new ones for this week. But what yeah. was the game that D&D was born out of? This is for you, Jason. Well, I know. Um, well,
1: I know based on the readings of the documentaries I've consumed. um I know they based the idea of D&D from um, playing Avalon Hills Gettysburg.
0: No, but what what directly was D&D born out of? A game created by Gygax. Uh, It wasn't Darkmoor, was it? Nope. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was a tabletop miniature war game called Chainmail.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, Chainmail. Yeah, and D&D was
0: created... To provide some more depth to those character backgrounds, and it became its own thing. And eventually, I missed a
1: step in my memory when they yeah. were wondering what their captains and lieutenants were doing. It led to chainmail, chainmail led to d yeah. yeah, um, yeah, that's that's
0: absolutely correct. Paradox wins. Paradox, uh, you you win some RPG and company stickers. yeah. I was thinking
1: Blackmore, Darkmore. Um, Blackmore was actually the unofficial first, um, uh, world slash campaign for d and A lot of people argue about it because there's not a lot of Arneson fans out there. Um, so Arneson wrote um, Blackmore and a group of 12 people played Blackmore for decades um, after the introduction of Chainmail that then eventually became the first series of D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the gearheads are in charge right now, Sharon. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she's just like oh god old so, men
0: totally, their, oh, I, babe, old we, men and like, their nostalgia we totally nostalgia. like
2: started off with like talking about game systems now we're just totally talking about mechanics so. I know
0: <laughs> I know uh, I, I have to mention this though it, to, in response to your your uh, statement about can you have fun that obviously depends on your group depends on the night depends on the mood sometimes you're right. Like I want to play the simplest game. I want to roll six dice and zombie dice and, and play 47 games inside of an hour and a half. That's and drink beer. That's fun. There was a game that uh, we used to play when we, when we were way back when uh, called Centurion. And then there was a, um, a, uh, a space flight game based on this also. And I, Interceptor. That's for Interceptor. you, Interceptor. Sharon. Warm brain.
2: <laughs>
0: brain. See, I love it. Centurion and Interceptor. They were they were tabletop war games. One was one was futuristic tanks, and one was, was uh, uh, um, fighters, space fighters. The cool thing about the game was they. I, I think an electrical engineer probably designed these games. I don't know. I should find out, but. The critical charts for your tanks or your ships were literally electronic right. diagrams. Is that ogre I see? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna out old man you, old man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember
0: just, ogre.
2: Like, oh my god! Critical charts through my life. <laughs> yeah, the
0: critical charts on these games you when you would get a hit it was literally an electronics diagram and you would go through like that where... sounds terrifying it was so much fucking fun it would take like <laughs> 40 minutes to resolve one hit because you'd have to trace through the diagram and find out what systems it affected in the ship so i have a question for sharon
1: if you oh, could me? turn
0: <laughs> any
1: theme into the into a game, what would it be? Corporate office
2: job. Any the- Oh my god, I'm already playing that game in IRL. <laughs> <laughs> it's dreary as hell, let me tell you. <laughs>
0: it's a horror game. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: Anything.
2: Corporate Doom.
0: <laughs> For <two>.
2: oh, <laughs> oh my god. Damn's trademark.
0: God damn, trademark. God nope. damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of a wonderful game to play. Wait, no, what? I want to hear Sharon's answer actually. I know, right? I just Any- broke my... anything. I think Dang. she broke something. Because she laughed so hard the whole table shook.
2: Ah. Ah. Alright. What was the question? I was uh cris <laughs> What? <hurting. laughs>
1: Any, any like theme or cultural inspiration? What, what would you turn that? You know, what game would that look like to you? Like anything that you like this op, this golden opportunity that you only have to think about your favorite thing to play.
0: Actually, I want all of us to answer this, Sharon. You, but you you first.
2: Well, like I thoroughly enjoyed when we played that one shot for the Feywild. Like if I could play a game like that. I think that'd be so much fun because, like, the fact that you also introduced the idea of having everybody uh, create their own weapons, I thought was so cool because, like, it created mystery between the you know the players because, ooh, what are they gonna pl- uh, make? You know, like, it's. I think that was really fun to do, and plus, like, it was it was light but also combat-heavy to the point where, like, you were still engaged and like everybody was just having fun at the table. So. If I were to create a game, it would be something along the lines of that: glitters and bazookas.
0: Yeah, I love, <laughs> it. love it. Brian, you? I really love the multiversal "what if" kind of um, theme. Not necessarily multiple. Oh yeah, I guess it would be multiple dimensions. But I, I really love the uh, the the mashup of different themes kind of set in a 1930s noir basis. I would I, like, I'd like
1: to see that. I want to play a game called the librarians. I do. I love the idea of, please elaborate a mo- on that. <laughs> you live in a modern time and there's this entire quarter million year history of a species behind you and the idea of manipulating time and incurring the threat of altering pasts and um, futures related to the ultimate decision of you go back and kill Mussolini do you Ooh. Go back and do this, and do you go back and do this, and what happens to the timeline? What is, what is this extravagant lore that plays out? You know, do you come back to a world in complete annihilation because butterfly you effect? Were doing? Yeah, times a billion. I, I, yeah, I I love the idea of playing a game where you have a fun mechanic involved in it, but it's very much driven by the narrative of you're making those hard choices of changing time for what you think is the benefit of a better future. And then you use like a tarot deck solution that as Mm -hmm. soon as you try to alter a timeline, you have to pull over that card and that card
0: determines the butterfly effect. Dibs trademark.
2: Uh, (laughs) You know what?
0: I think, I think your idea actually wins and I actually really want (laughs) to fucking play that game a lot.
2: Well, now to like kind of like hightail off of that like I had such a cool idea um, of like like you know how the library of Alexandria like you know it's lost to the annals of time or whatever but I thought it would be really cool if it was like a mage school you know and like uh like like a angry Mage just got... Narrative-based, to like, make it head- storyteller.
0: Fuck that, it needs dice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, like, you know, one of the mages rebels against, like, the headmaster, and that's what causes the siege at, like, the Library of Alexandria. And, like, there are, like, rogue mages trying to save all of the, the books from the library. So they're, like, casting, like, uh, small on the books to just cram it in as much as they can, and then just flee and... You know, your quest is to like basically preserve the knowledge, but also try and make sure that it's preserved.
0: The 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 hero's journey, I love it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I know. Paradox the storyteller system does have lots of details. Lots again, of details. That's only one die. <laughs> um. Technically two. <laughs> one type of die. Oh gosh, darn it. Um. I want to change my answer. I want to create a game. Where you are playing players who are playing Dungeons and Dragons.
2: Oh no!
1: Uh. There's a great film <laughs> that was actually made. Um, there was there was what's the her name's wall. group, uh, the Guild, right? There was the Guild, um, and then there was another. Very, I have the DVD around here somewhere. But there was this great game where, um, or this movie about these players who were playing players. Um, And it was fun to watch the tropey, good-looking guy that wanted to play. But he was always physically a stand-in. And his name was Mark. So as they played the game at the table, there was a cutaway from them playing. And they're actually cosplaying out there. You know, it's a lot like um uh oh Deer Productions or whatever that one group that does like the really fun shit in Australia. Um, <clears throat> um and so whenever they'd look at the empty chair at the table and then go to role play it, cosplay it, it would just be Mark dressed up like a fighter and He'd just stand there <laughs> like this while they were all fighting. Um, and, they, and then they go, oh, man, where's Mark? He's on a date with his girlfriend. And all the other four <laughs> guys would go,
2: "Ew, it's so gross.
1: That's awesome.
2: <laughs> Wait, are you talking about All for One?
1: Yes, All for One is another yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, they're like, yeah. so
2: good. Yeah,
1: they're, they're hysterical. Um, my favorite one was they hit a million views on Bardic Inspiration. That is just, and it's him singing about bardic inspiration and what it means to be an inspiring bard. And he's covered in blood at the end. And he's just like, oh, you know, it's just, their it. shit is ridiculous. But it's ridiculously, it's intentionally ridiculous, which is why I love it so much.
0: That's awesome.
1: <clears throat> well, let's all get to work on those games.
0: Players play I kind of feel like we need to actually write a game. It would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be. I really, I really am digging that librarian idea, to be honest with you. All kidding time aside. I really game. want to play there. Doctor if I saw that on the shelf, I'd be like,
1: Doctor Who role playing game. So what are we thinking for our next subject matter next time? What are our thoughts? Have we tackled <sighs> the conversation about pop culture influence yet? No. Have we talked about the corporate influence or the no. you know what what does it mean to actually call yourself a dice goblin? Does that no mean something these days i mean sharon i think you you you're due for a topic i picked the last one i think you're you're due for one
2: i don't know what to choose
1: oh come on this is your thing yeah you're good at this we're terrible at it
2: chat you want to give some ideas i would be happy to hear them Railroading well.
0: 101. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think, we've, I think we've kind of talked about that. I do like kind of, I do kind of like the pop culture slash corporate influence. Um, that would be a good one. Um Might
1: be a little too serious though. Harumph! <laughs> harumph! 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 <laughs> Gentlemen, harumph! <laughs>
0: corporate, 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 <laughs> corporate. Um. <laughs> hmm. Well, we certainly don't need to think of it right now if anybody sure in no. chat. No. No. <laughs> no. no. Well, no. Do we want to just think of it with our brains or do we want to roll dice or do we want to pick a card to <gasps> determine what it is? Roll dice. Rollies. Rollies. How to steal a, steal movie, a movie plot while 102. 102.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> making magic items.
1: But but Ooh, making ma- We touched on that last time, didn't we? Um didn't we creating or bit.
2: or the social influences of D anD D in a modern day? Oh, or... I like that.
1: I love how about, that. How about how about just? Do you have a dice that says right foot, or chest, or full body, oh. or
0: right hand?
2: Ooh. Chat <laughs> way.
0: <laughs> I... <laughs> 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 Reskinning 5e for other genres, genres. Well, that's kind of what we've talked about, but that's a little bit we yeah. could go deeper into that. Uh, what how about just how the perception of, of D D has changed over the years and, and how it has become? I'm still amazed at how mainstream it's become and what it's those more factors are. The cultural influences of playing D D. Boom, there you go.
1: Yeah, I like right, that idea. Next
0: week, cultural influences yep, of yep, playing D and D.
1: All right, all right. I thank for coming we out. Will, Very no, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no! no, whoa, no, no. no. Whoa. Damn it! Did you no. not get the memo? <laughs> I almost got out of this. What matter? Ray. You got a fucking She's appointment in. or something? All right, we don't have any more trivia because we were we did not re-roll. But paradox, you answered the one question. So send me your info. DM me, and I will actually send you some stickers, and. Shit, um, <laughs> not an actual bag of shit. Good. That would be great. That would be pretty
1: funny, that though. Here's some RPG go steaming shit, steaming shit. bag of shit.
0: We're gonna do rollies to see who closes out the show. Jason, ah, damn, got I a almost D20. got out of it.
2: Let me just this insert is- the cute games really quick. Check yes. out Golden Sky Stories. It's really super cute. You play a animal called a Henge, and it's basically like My Neighbor Totoro. Tutori- go check it out. And also, Honey Heist, where you play cute bears and you wear cute hats. Yeah.
0: Familiar with Honey Heist. What's the other one? Golden Sky Story?
2: Yes, Golden Sky Stories. It's a heartwarming RPG. There's no okay. action involved. It's, you know, it's basically a sweet story about, you know, just helping out people in your village.
0: Okay. You know? Awesome. Check it out. Um, yeah. But, uh, so Sharon, since Jason and I basically fucking. Just spout it off the entire time. Jesus. You get to roll rollies with advantage.
2: Oh, all right. All I'm right. bad
0: for game system mechanics. Wait,
2: but, okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
2: Wait, we're gonna roll together. So yeah, come on. But good. you
0: roll with advantage.
2: Yes. So you roll but...
0: two D20. Yes. All right.
1: <laughs> I got a two. <laughs> I got a fifteen.
2: Uh I got a twelve and a thirteen.
1: All right, Jason, close us out. Barry Bot, where can we find you these days?
2: You can find me at Instagram at Barry Bot, and you could also check me out on uh, the D&D Club's channel every Saturday. Not this week, however, but following next week, tune in 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. to check out the Grain Lens where myself and a bunch of awesome players uh, such as Torch uh, Seer and Fatal who were in the chat uh, come check us out. Brian. Where can we find Brian?
0: Yeah. Uh, you can find my link tree down there at rpgandco.com. Best place to find me is Instagram uh, at rpgandco. And uh, yeah.
1: And you can find me, Jason, at TTRPG Academy in a fetal oh. position underneath my table, <laughs> sucking my thumb <laughs> and wondering where all the daylight has gone. Um, yeah, my link tree, TTRPG Academy, you can find all of our Twitter, our link tree, Instagram, all of our Facebook stuff over there. Come hang out. Um, you know, if you want to learn how to play the game, head on over to the Academy. It's lots of fun.
2: What's the beautiful sign off, Jason? Oh, It's got to bring a tear to our eye.
1: No, it's going to be my classic because I do believe in my classic. Do it. Be safe. Be kind. Play a game. It's good for your mental health. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Bye.